What's going on, people? It's your boy Kalechi back with another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are staying safe. I hope y'all are taking care of yourselves. I hope y'all are doing all the things you know you ought to do during these times. We back with another. Before I even get into anything, we got to talk about today. We got a lot to talk about. We'll get to it. But first of all, I just discovered this new note-taking app, and my goodness, I am loving it. Now it's still like like. For a lot of the features that they want you to have, you have to get a subscription, but I'm not paying for a subscription. It's like $10 a month. I'm not doing that. But generally, the basic version of the app is so good. So for the longest time, I've been using Google Keep for capturing all my notes and for writing things down. It's very basic. It doesn't allow me to do a lot of things that I like to do when I'm taking down notes, which is basically like having indentations and having different categories when I'm going through, having headers, having little side topics. And so it makes it harder for me when I'm progressing through a topic to actually go through the topic the way that I want to go through the topic. I always have to like, oh my gosh, where am I? And then afterwards, I have to do a whole lot of post-editing and I'm doing it, which you guys don't see any of that stuff. And not that you guys even care about any of this stuff that I'm talking about, but I just want to shout out this note-taking app. It's called Notes Nook. It is so good. I am loving it right now. I love using this thing. And plus, one of the other reasons I love it, and the reason why I kept on using Google Keep for the longest time was just the way it synced so perfectly well across multiple of my devices, and I never had to think about it. This one does the same thing, except it's just much more powerful, and it's just simple. Like, there's a lot of good note-taking apps out there, like one my brother shared with me, Obsidian. That one was just too complicated, and it took too long for me to learn it, and it's just like, I'm not about to learn this one. I need to just put my ideas down as quickly as possible i don't need to be learning it but this one is so simple and because it's simple for me to use i've been using it a lot and i love it i just love it i love the presentation of it it looks so good man i just love it so i'm gonna put a link down in the description for anybody who is looking for a good note-taking app where you can have all the things that you want it you want the bold you want the indentation you want all this stuff where you can really control what you have in your notes I will share it in the description. But anyway, 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 I hope y'all are doing well. I hope y'all are staying safe. Let's just talk about this thing. As you guys know, this is the Rambling Mind Podcast. And just like I did at the beginning of this thing, we tend to ramble and go on side topics. But we mainly like to focus on personal finance and business news. And today is Thursday, which means we're going to be talking about the business news. And we got a lot to talk about. We got Tesla earnings. We got Netflix earnings, which was disastrous. We got Disney going to war with the government of Florida. And then we got a stat that all my people who's got student loans, you're going to want to stick around to hear about this stat because I believe things are finally, finally, finally changing for your benefit. But we'll start off with this. There's a major or there's going to be a major electric vehicle shortage. This is according to the CEO of Rivian, the mythical Rivian. I mean, me and my brother saw Rivian the other day and we were like, oh my God, you know, you never see those things in public. It ain't like Tesla's where you see Tesla's basically everywhere right now. Like everybody's buying a Tesla, but even harder than getting a PS5 is getting an, is about to be getting an electric vehicle. RJ Sacred, which is the CEO of the mythical Rivian company, said the semiconductor shortage is a small appetizer to what we are about to feel on battery cells over the next two decades. The problem is in two parts. 
One, there has been a rush to electrify the cars of the world with all car manufacturers having major and for some of them lofty electric vehicle production goals. This of course, this of course has driven up production costs, production and material costs. Lithium cost, which lithium is the main thing that you need when you're making a battery, lithium ion batteries is the main thing. Lithium cost over the last year has risen 480% which makes all the cars that we all want to buy more expensive. 30% of the cost for an EV comes from just the batteries. Then there's the second part of the problem, which is the raw materials to make the batteries and where those raw materials can be found. The biggest supplier for lithium is China, which, exact, which isn't exactly friendly with the United States. And guess who number two supplier for lithium is? You got it right. Russia. Russia is the number two supplier of lithium, which means we got problems, y'all. We got problems. So much so that the, uh, President Biden invoked the Defense Production Act because he sees EV supply chain as a national as national security issue, as a national security issue. And so he was like, yo, we need to figure out where all these things are going to come from. The problem is even though this will provide $750 million to invest in domestic mining operations for all the critical raw materials needed by battery manufacturers, this is a long-term solution. In other words, even if they discover that there may be the United States has some lithium somewhere that we can get it from, that's going to be like 10, 20 years before we can get that going. And guess what? Everybody wants electric vehicles like yesterday. Like anybody who's trying to buy a new car for the most part, they're like, yo, I want this electric vehicle. We just talked about everybody trying to get a Tesla. Everybody wants to get the Rivian, which the Rivian is looking really nice. I'm not going to lie, even though it's super expensive, though. Like that's my only problem with the Rivian. The Rivian is just kind of expensive. This is you. I am still like on the fence of getting the Rivian. Next car I'm definitely going to buy is probably an F-150 Lightning or the Rivian. I don't know. It depends on how much money I got at that point in time. But anyway, remember, President Biden's goal is to have... Half of all new cars sold by 2030 be electric. In order to get to that point, we need a whole lot of batteries. So we're having a lot of shortages. It's not like electric vehicles are the only things that use lithium ion batteries. Our cell phones use lithium. Our computers use lithium ions. Our regular doorknob things that that is able to be recharged uses lithium ion batteries there are so many things that we use on a regular basis the camera that i'm recording with on the side uses lithium ion batteries there's so many things that uses lithium ion batteries that it tends to run out rather quickly and it can run out rather quickly if we are not careful and plus we have to also deal with the geopolitical issues with that where china and russia which are not exactly the most friend u.s friendly countries out there also have most of the resources for lithium iron also it's not just with electric vehicles that we're feeling the shortage as we push into a renewable world we will continue to feel the pain of different supply chains breaking and cracking for example i am seeing it in my daily life i work in the renewable energy department and we're starting to see and feel a lot of the production issues on our side as well Everybody is trying to build out solar. Everybody's trying to go renewable. Everybody's trying to do all of make all of those moves, but we're starting to see a strain in the supply chain. We're starting to see a rip in the supply chain where we're not just having regularly, we're just not having things become available. In the past, it was so expensive to build solar sites. Now the problem is it's not that expensive anymore, but we just can't get the things that we need to get. 
This is why we need heavy, heavy investment from the government to help us push through the pain and establish all of these different renewable resources, even though the cost may be expensive, because at the end of the day, the government will pay any price necessary. Just look at the military. They pay basically any price to ensure they can get what they need to get done, done. Now let's jump into some earnings update. The first one we got is Netoflixo <laughs> is our first earning update. And oh my goodness. Netflix earnings update was worse than watching Shaq shoot a free throw or maybe maybe even worse than watching what's that guy's name well now he's making the shots but in the past who was it uh the one of the ball brothers I think it was Lonzo Ball like his shot was so ugly like there's Steph Curry shooting the ball and then there's what Lonzo was doing with that ball and it's just it was not a pretty sight that was basically Netflix earning that they announced on Tuesday they announced a loss of over 200 thousand subscribers for the first quarter of 2022 and they expect to lose another two million by the end of the second quarter of this year that's not good guys you're supposed to be adding subscribers not losing subscribers well shortly after they announced it the stock plunged 25 percent overnight and then the rest of the day on wednesday it plunged another 10 percent now remember netflix stock was already down 40 percent on this year in other words, this is what we like to call a stock crash, people. That thing is down so much since the beginning of this year. And this is their defense. Their defense was horrible. It's like watching Kyrie Irving try to play defense. It's not good. It's just a terrible thing to watch. They said the losses were due to people sharing passwords, which that hasn't been a problem in the past. Why is this becoming a problem now? Plus, increased competition as people now have all very have various plus-signed streaming platforms to subscribe to. I will agree with them on this one because I can tell you that subscription fatigue is definitely real. Like a lot of people are just like, I'm tired of subscriptions. Everything wants to be a subscription. I mean, I just talked about the fact that the note app that I'm using wants to be a subscription as well. It wants to be a $5 a month subscription. Everybody wants to stay in your pocket. Everybody's like, mm, we love this recurring revenue. We really want to just remain and make sure that we're making some kind of money every single month. On the plus side, though, they are finally making money. Netflix is finally cash flow positive. They showed a growth in free cash flow, up, uh, which was up $692 million last year to $802 million this year. The problem is absolutely nobody cares about free cash flow from Netflix. Netflix is a growth stock. Investors look at Netflix as a growth stock. And so when Netflix is no longer adding subscribers, when Netflix doesn't show that it's TAM, which TAM means total addressable market, is not the entire world like everybody thought it would be, everybody's like, you know what? We out. Like everybody's just chucking up the deuces and leaving Netflix alone and dumping Netflix, Netflix stock. Plus, the other problem with Netflix is the way that they are challenging their growth is signs of a company that's fully matured. It's signs of a company that's fully into a mature market. One, it's increasing the prices of its, of its subscription. And then two, it's also cracking down on password sharing. Both of these things basically just show like, yo, we can't grow anymore in just the way that we've been growing. We got to find other ways to make people pay us more money for the services that we are providing. Not to say that you shouldn't pay Netflix more money because they provide a lot of content. Like, let's just be honest. Netflix provides a lot of content. But then again, a lot of that content is not that good. So in the, at the end of the day, they cannot see any other path to profitability or to growth anymore which is something that is extremely shocking to me because I really believed that Netflix 
would be able to grow internationally. But when I was reading through their report, one of the things that stood out to me was international growth was basically a dud. They weren't growing internationally as much as I was expecting them to grow internationally. That is a problem for me when it comes to Netflix, because what I was banking on or what I believed was that Netflix is going to be able to continue growing all over the world because they will have a catalog of content that speaks not just to the United States, but speaks to other parts of the world. Along with Netflix falling, Disney and other streaming stocks fell as well in what we like to call a sympathy move. The question is, are these signs of what is to come in the streaming age? Where the largest size any company can get to in their streaming numbers is about 200 million subscribers. Because ever since Netflix hit that number, their growth has basically just slowed down drastically. And the whole premise is Netflix was supposed to be able to conquer the entire world. I mean, 7 billion people in the world and Netflix can no longer grow that much. So is this science for things to come with Disney Plus? Is this science for things to come with HBO Max? Is this science for things to come with all the other streaming networks that are trying to reach out to the entire world? Speaking of Disney, they did not report earnings, but the company is in some serious, serious hot water with Florida, with the Florida government. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis asked state lawmakers to revoke Disney's special district status on Tuesday. Before we get into that, here's a quick backstory on what has been happening between Disney and Florida. So Florida earlier this year passed a law that people called the Don't Say Gay Bill, which was to limit discussion around sexual and gender identity in schools. Well, Disney CEO Bob Chapek initially came out and said Disney is not in the game of politics, of course, and which of course led to a major pushback from workers within Disney and a major pushback from every, from a lot of people all over the world. Of course, he came back out and he was like, I'm sorry, I didn't really mean it that way. What I was trying to say was this and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he came out and he just, you know, he reiterated like, oh, that's my bad. I will stand up for you. And basically he said that he will fight to the nail against the law while in Florida. Well, guess what? Florida government did not like it that a big business is trying to challenge them in any shape or form, which brings us back to today, which is where Florida Ron DeSantis was like, yeah, 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 yeah. You see that special thing you guys got going on? Yeah, I want to revoke that thing. So what exactly is a special is the special district thing. So basically, it is an administrative zone called the Reedy Creek Improvement District. It allows Disney to operate as a municipal government. In other words, Disney can make its own laws in that area. It does not have to seek local approval when it needs to build new structures or change old ones. It is exempt from certain environmental and wastewater codes. Essentially, this is what the thing that allows Disney World to be the magical, wondrous place it is. It is the things that allow Disney to create their shows, to shut down streets, to do whatever it is that they need to do when it comes to Disney World parks. So what happens if the special district is revoked? Well, both sides lose. The government loses and Disney loses. 90% of the taxes that Reedy Creek collects are from Disney alone. So it is. it has been a win-win Plus, Disney has basically funded most of the government initiatives in the area. In other words, it will begin to cost taxpayers a lot of money as other local governments will have to start doing things on their own to pay for the upkeep of things like roads, 
tolls, so on and so forth, which right now, Disney, everything that leads to Disney World, Disney basically covers it because they want everyone to have such a special experience when they're over there that Disney is like, we will handle all of this stuff. Just stay out of our way so we can handle things. So if the special status is revoked, Disney World will not have that special thing that it's always has. Basically, it won't be the same way. Things will slow down. Disney won't be able to build their parks to match up with their movies as quickly. They won't be able to do the things that we have come to know and expect from Disney World. Basically, my belief is like both sides should stop being so freaking prideful. Like, what is it with dudes and pride? Like, then again, I'm just as prideful if I'm being completely and totally honest. But what is it with pride? Like, yo, both y'all just need to go to your corners and chill the out. Like, both of y'all just need to chill out. Like, this is not beneficial to anybody. Once this happens, if this actually happens, nobody wins. There's no winning solution in this if they actually remove this status. So they just need to chill out. Everybody just needs to calm them out. Everybody just need to calm down. Anyway, moving on from there, Tesla also reported earnings this week. They actually reported earnings on Wednesday, shortly before I started rep- uh, recording this podcast. And just as expected, they totally smashed, completely smashed earnings. Their stock rose 6% overnight. They reported sales increase of 81% quarter over quarter, which is crazy. Like the, how fast Tesla is growing is just crazy. I mean, I just mentioned it earlier, the fact that you basically see Teslas everywhere now, which is way different than what it was in the past. Uh, gross profit increased 147% year over year and gross margins are now at Apple levels at 32%. This is unheard of for a car manufacturer. This does not happen for car manufacturers. Having a margin of 32% is not possible. But then again, this is Elon Musk we're talking about and apparently everything he touches just turns to gold. It's just crazy. It is crazy. Despite the fact that they had to raise prices, they still sold a record 310,000 cars in the first quarter of this year, which is a record. Like I said earlier, I don't know why I repeated that. Demand for these cars are unbelievably strong. Tesla has the same brand power that Apple has developed over the years. Now, I just need Elon Musk to come out and stop doing all the nonsense he's still doing with Twitter. However, there are some downsides as well. Supply chain issues we spoke about earlier with batteries and battery manufacturing are starting to hinder production. Also, with China shutting down their car manufacturers because of the COVID outbreak that they had over there, they're also having issues with that as well. Apart from that, Tesla is killing it, dog. Tesla is killing it. I just... I just keep questioning myself. Why do I still think that this stock is overvalued? Like, what is it about this company that just keeps me from investing in it. I don't know. I just, guys, it's just hard for me to invest in this company, even though I keep stealing them month over month over month, quarter over quarter, year over year. I keep on seeing them just dominate and dominate and dominate. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't know what it is about Tesla. Maybe it's because of Elon Musk. It just scares me too much that if something happens to Elon, I just think Tesla is just like, it's going to die. But that's just me. Moving on from there to the stats of the week. I only got one stat and that number is 3.6 million. This is the number of students that might be closer to having their student loans forgiven. I told y'all I got something for y'all with the student loans. The education department said it would fix an income drive repayment program that has failed to help students get out of their student loans as they were promised. The announcement includes immediate forgiveness for 40,000 borrowers. Specifically, this will help teachers, healthcare workers, military members, and a bunch of other federal employees. 
I hope this is a sign of things to come as far as student loans are concerned, because previously you had companies like Navian, which were supposed to help people actually like get on a student loan forgiveness program, where if you pay for a number of years, you paid your loans on time for a number of years, you will actually be able to get your loans forgiven. But for some reason, Navian, well, we all know why it's called capitalism. Navian abused the system and got a lot of people to actually be in even more debt. And then it just, it was a problem. But anyway, now that the government is actually going through and trying to clean out this service so people can actually get their loans forgiven, I expect that more of more of these announcements continue to come out. Again, your loans were extended all the way till August, but be careful. If you know you have the money to be paying this thing off, please just pay it off. Like, I can see why you might want to take that money, get it invested rather than pay it off. But like sometimes it's just good to get that headache out of your mind, especially if it's an amount that you can handle and pay off. Otherwise, get on one of these forgiveness plans. And if you can, for especially for those of y'all who have low incomes, for some of y'all, your student loan forgiveness plan is literally you not paying anything for a period of time. So get on one of these plans and make sure that you're doing it all so that these years and these months are counting in your favor even though this forbearance is going on the extras of the week you can finally start sharing your bad breath with the world again a federal judge in florida why is it always florida overturned the federal mask mandate requirement on public transportation honestly if you live in georgia or if you live in anywhere down south we ain't been wearing what masks for a while like i gave up wearing masks a while ago i was just like eh, you know what it is what it is i'm done with this and i stopped wearing a mask so it doesn't really affect me but everybody up north i still know i know there was something about in subways for new york you still gotta wear a mask or, you know so that's new york for you so they'll do what they want to do and everywhere else they'll do what they want to do but yeah we basically don't wear masks down south we ain't been wearing it for over a year now so it is what it is. Well, I won't say for me, I've been wearing one. <laughs> I just stopped wearing one like last month. But prior to that, I was still wearing my mask. Uh, Janet Yellen, the U.S. Treasury Secretary, and Jerome Powell, the U.S. Federal Reserve Chairman, walked out during a G2 summit meeting when the Russian finance minister started speaking in Washington, D.C. He was virtual because there's no way any Russian official is about to be anywhere but in Russia. And shortly after they walked out of that meeting, they slapped Russia with even more sanctions. So, you know, I'm still kind of surprised that Russia is still a part of the G20. Like, how are they still allowing these things to these this country to function on the international stage? But then again, it's better to allow them to function on the international stage than to completely block them out. Because if you completely lock them out, then, you know, Putin is a crazy man and he's... I mean, either way, there's still a risk that Putin's still going to use those nukes. Like, I just don't trust that dude at all. I really do not trust that dude at all. Anyway, let's finish out with the last one for the week. Unions are on the rise. Apple store workers in my hometown of, well, I say my hometown, but in my where I live, Atlanta, are having a vote to decide if they want to unionize down here. So... That's interesting. We're seeing more and more news of unions. I mean, we had the Starbucks news. We had the Amazon one. Everywhere people are trying to unionize. I don't know if this is the push for what we're going to do in the future. But right now, like we've talked about over and over again, we have employees have the power right now. So they're able to push for a lot of things that they want. And one of those things might just be the recreating of unions. But anyway, that's 
that's all I got for y'all this week. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire thing. Remember, all the links to all the stories that I share is always in the show notes. So if anything sparks your interest and you want to learn more about it, I'm always going to share the full articles down in the show notes. Check those things out. It's always good to stay up to date. I also have links down there to a bunch of other things that you can check out. Free money is down there if you want to go get some free money. And also, you know, share this podcast with one person that you love, one person that you hate, and one person you're just kind of like, eh, I'm about. And also leave a review of the podcast. I'm trying to figure out uh, and grow out this thing. So please share this podcast with people around you. But I'm going to catch y'all up in the next one. Remember, generosity is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all. And I'm out. Peace.